The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. Big shout out to New Day, N E U D A E, at New Day Music on Twitter. We appreciate the song Lion Kings. Um, Going to be reaching out to Numi here soon to maybe switch it up, get a new track. Uh, they got a lot of hot stuff waiting for us. We're going to be talking about your latest article, James, looking at the hitters and uh, short season and rookie ball, which. Um, I mean, are these leagues just getting started now? Dominican Summer League's been going for a couple weeks now. Uh, but yeah, the a couple of these leagues have gone, you know, four or five games under their belts, and a couple of them started yesterday. Um, I think one might be starting this weekend. So yeah, I mean, this is kind of right when my favorite type of season start opening up like i'm i'm all about the the short season guys and like once a guy gets to high a double a like the book is kind of out for the most part but this is where you can really uh do some shrewd in-season pickups if you're in uh, deeper dynasty leagues 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the short season leagues are pretty fascinating. You know, we were out at, at Staten Island Yankees Stadium. They play like, I don't even know, like 30-some home games. Like, it's just wild that, you know, they have like a year-round staff and for just like 30-some 30, 30 home games. But um, definitely cool. We'll go through a lot of that. But before we do that, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the tough drop decisions you're facing. Because you mentioned that, you know, with, with the crunch on your roster, you may be forced to um, ditch a certain stash that you've had on the bench for a while. Yeah, th- this is our stake league, an 18-team redraft league. So it's it's deep, but there's no keeper aspect to it. Uh, I've had Michael Kopech stashed all season long, and he is my primary drop on several pending moves I have that, that will run tonight. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those situations where I, I tweeted today about what his K to walk look like, looks like over his last four starts. He's got more walks than, than strikeouts, more walks than innings over his last four starts. And, uh, you know, we've always known that command control were weaknesses in his game that he was going to need to improve in order to make it as a starter, at least to make it as more than just kind of a really, you know, a high whip, high strikeout, low inning starter, like kind of a Francisco Liriano type. Like he's, he's going to need to improve the command. And it sort of seemed like he was heading down the right path with that uh, towards the end of last season, early this season, but things have kind of gone in the opposite direction lately. And I just, I don't really see barring just some kind of miracle mechanical tweak that unlocks better command that I, I don't think you can bet on as something that's coming anytime soon. I just don't see how he comes up and is all that productive, especially in mixed leagues in 2018. Yeah, man. Pitching is extremely difficult, especially at the major league level. And I'm with you. It's a tough choice, especially after you've put in the time to stash for a while. But I was in a similar boat last week with Eloy Jimenez. Cut him. Finally, you know, it's tough to do after you've wasted that spot for a while. But uh, we did just see Eloy get bumped up to triple a today i imagine somebody will pick him up tonight but should they uh you know i think you i think you could probably justify picking him up especially if you're a team that's kind of towards the bottom and you just really need a miracle uh, especially on the hitting side i mean if if you're looking to add an impact hitter in that league off waivers good luck to you Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty slim pickings out there um but i i just don't see any reason why Eloy would be up this year. I mean, they they have all the cover in the world to keep him down. Like, I don't think anyone's going to be you know have their hands up in the air if, if they don't bring him up this year. Uh, the fans kind of know the deal at this point, and I'm sure they would. Some of them would like to see him, but you know, you give him three months at AAA, another couple weeks there to start next season. You bring him up. That I mean, that's fine. It's not like you kept him there. Like think how long the Rays kept like Billy Adamas at AAA and stuff. Granted, yeah, they're like different levels of talent, but uh, keeping a guy as talented as Eli Jimenez at AAA for like two thirds of a season is perfectly acceptable. I think so. Yeah, uh, it's obviously possible. 
I mean, he's ready. He's, he's close to big league ready right now as it is. So I guess anything's possible, but it just would, it would not make a ton of sense given uh, what the White Sox competitive window looks like. Yeah, I think those White Sox fans who know who Eloy Jimenez is probably smart enough to realize the rules and realize it's probably best for the team, the organization, to keep him down. Um, you know, it's not like their window is starting to open. You yeah, know, like the Braves maybe were last year when they got got Albies up. And no, we'll and it's no lock that he even hits the ground running in yeah. the sal or in the uh, international league. Like he's not. It's not like he's going to Las Vegas or Colorado Springs or something like that. He could very easily hit like 250, 260 over his first couple of weeks. So um, mm. don't don't expect to see Eli this year. I you know I noticed there there are some guys at AAA like Kyle Tucker. I think is really heated up. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in a few weeks. Um, your boy Nick Senzel is heating he's up the dish. Well, yeah, uh, but I I. I think Senzel's kind of in that Eloy boat for me. I I don't really see them getting an offer they like on Scooter Jeanette at the deadline that would compel them to move him. And even then, why would you start Senzel's clock uh, right after trading Scooter Jeanette? I, I, I don't really think he's going to be up either. Kyle Tucker is probably the top position player, I think, worth stashing right now. Yeah, especially with Senzel, like the whole vertigo thing. Just let him keep playing it you returned like less than a month ago right so i don't know i i know they're still batting peraza lead off i think they want to give it at least the rest of this year to see if peraza could be something and who knows if senzel could even play short anyway so is he even playing short at in the minors right now uh he'd been playing second base i i'm not sure what he's been playing in his last week or so um Looks like uh, only one one started short this year, so that's probably not an option. Any other tough uh, stash decisions you have to make? Uh, in stake league, I'm going to continue right now with Austin Riley, even though he's hurt, but I think he has a good chance to come up later this year. Same with Kristen Stewart, but any other guys you're kind of just willing to throw the towel in on? Yeah, I mean, I, I already cut uh, Vlad Jr. Uh, this past weekend in TGFBI. Uh, yeah, I thought I was getting one over on the group in Tower Wars. Then I had to cut him two weeks later. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, another guy, I'm, I'm sure there may be some people. I, I'm not stashing Louis Sirius anywhere, but I'm sure there are people that are kind of holding on onto him. Uh, not sure exactly when we'll see him. I think it could, you know, wouldn't surprise me if he was up next week. Wouldn't surprise me if he wasn't up until, you know, july august maybe not not even at all so that's a tough one i if you're in a like a 15 teamer you could probably cut bait there i just don't see the immediate upside to to warrant continuing to stash him um it's it's not a it's definitely not stashing season stashing season came and went um you know matt thice is probably on the short list of guys Uh, matt thice and like christian stewart i think are two guys that i think in in deeper leagues you could still continue to stash thice is just red hot right now at triple a uh the angels are kind of a desperate team in terms of just trying to win right now so that's a that's a guy to keep in mind but um yeah it's not not a ton out there right now he interested in a verdugo stash or is it just because he's getting hot yeah oh yeah um with him it's the playing time right Mm. it's just where do they find room for him he i feel like he needs to get traded 
Yeah, they are. <laughs> I think we talked about it on here. Maybe, maybe it was the XM show, but uh, I've been kind of going through uh, ever since the draft ended. I've been making my way through each organization and updating sort of my internal like top 30 or 40 and updating the, the top 20s on the site and the Dodgers. That is a, that is a system that has really taken a hit over the past year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had a few graduations, traded some guys, had some guys really kind of flop and yeah, they, they are not a, they're definitely not a top 10 system to me. They might not even be a top 15 system anymore. So if they traded Verdugo, uh, that, that definitely wouldn't help in that regard. Uh, they didn't have a great draft, at least not for fantasy purposes either. So, um, it's a pretty weak system and they've always kind of held back on trading guys that are like top 50, top 60 type of prospects. So I don't necessarily think they will trade him, but it, it would certainly be nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into this short season slash rookie level hitter index that you've got posted here, starting with the New York Penn League short season ball, Travis Swaggerty and Seth Beer, two of the top hitters from this year's draft class, of course, uh, getting into to pro action right away. And are these two the two top guys to, to watch in this league? Yeah, there are some kind of more unheralded toolsy guys uh, beneath them, but yeah, I mean, Swaggerty and Beer are both from this past draft class. Uh, Swaggerty is a potential you know, five-category contributor with plus speed, uh, some lead-off hitter type of skills. Seth Beer is a guy that's just a probably the most divisive prospect from the entire draft for fantasy purposes because there are some people that just look at what he did at Clemson and want to translate it over and just say like he might be the best hitter in this entire class. But he's kind of a a nightmare defender in the outfield and at first base. So I I kind of view him as a a DH-only guy. And so, I mean, that that just puts a ton of pressure on on the bat. And I think it was kind of telling that he went where he did. Uh, Yeah, Beer's already got some fatigue with me just given all the crappy beer jokes on Twitter. <laughs> like those are just when something's too easy like that just let it be i don't even think it's possible to have a good seth beer joke. yeah it's like oh draft d-r-a-u-g-h-g <laughs> rocks man um it's terrible yeah As, well it's so like the 69 thing basically like it's just <laughs> stupid it's um, just not funny yeah no it's it's a. Uh, a low it's a low threshold yeah, low of, of comedy um there are some other names definitely check out the piece if you're looking to make in-season pickups because most leagues aren't going to allow you to add guys that were just drafted unless it's via a supplemental draft but um there there's some toolsy guys some some interesting guys in new york penn league but it's it's definitely not one of the more talent rich of the the short season leagues we're going to be talking about very interesting i see delvin perez in there yikes former scl2 <laughs> farmhand boy oh boy uh northwest league also short season really the the main guy the only guy we really need to discuss here julio pablo martinez check this out for yourself though if you want to get really deep and get to know some of these low level hitters uh rotowire.com slash pod for free 10 day trial but julio pablo martinez is an interesting guy of course um signed pretty recently officially 22 so he's pretty old for the level are you expecting him to just kind of tear it up 
He better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he if he struggles at all in at, at Spokane, then we've got trouble. Uh, he he really should, and I, I think the Rangers expect him to quickly force a promotion to a full season league. Uh, so yeah, I've just. The only thing he can really do here is hurt himself in terms of his dynasty league stock. So if he rakes, that was expected. I'm not really going to move him, assuming he does what what he's expected to do. I'm not going to move him up a ton on the on the top 400 until he gets to a full season league and demonstrates a pretty quality approach. Like I, I want to see him make contact at a high clip while doing damage especially if he goes to low A, high A, like he's 22. He's a a high pedigree guy. He's played in Cuba for a while. Like he should be able to do damage at those levels without striking out a ton. And if he does that, then I'll start to climb him up the top 400 a little bit. Nice. Yeah. I think I saw some of the videos like that baseball America tweeted out and, you know, just at a glance looks like a pretty impressive hitter, but we'll see how he fares at this low level. Yeah. If he doesn't, like just come out blistering hot. That's not a great sign. Uh, Appalachian League rookie ball. Wander Franco. He got off to a pretty bad start. Am I not? Or I'm sorry, not. Obviously, they just started playing two games. But um, I feel like Franco is a guy that um, yeah, he was the internet well, number one international prospect J two class last year. Um, but I feel like he was kind of a guy that was fluctuating on your top 400 am i mistaken there uh i think so Uh, mainly just because other guys were jumping him yeah i mean so i i talked to somebody who's kind of in the loop on on what uh franco's looked like in extended spring training and he apparently looked just amazing and uh it's telling like you can tell Wander Franco had a good extended spring training because the Rays didn't start him in the Dominican Summer League or even the Gulf Coast League as a 17-year-old. They sent him straight to the Appy League. Uh, the last the last guy that can even kind of touch his pedigree that the Rays have had on the international market was Jose, uh, Jose Rodon from a few years ago, and he, he ended up being a bust, but he was a top two or three guy from that j2 class they started him in the gcl so this is kind of uncharted territory for the rays to be this aggressive with a 17 year old and send him to the appy league which is uh there's guys you know that can spin a breaking ball locate their fastball in that league it's going to be a challenge for him but the fact that they are that confident i mean this is such a conservative org the fact that they're that confident in him really sort of speaks to how well he's looked since signing uh, big riser on the last update he's up inside the top 60 now i think uh, just because you know if you if you're trying to trade for him right now it's it's going to cost you you're going to have to pay a lot for a guy that hasn't proven really anything in games but uh, the payoff could be a, a guy that finishes the season as a top 15 or so prospect for dynasty leagues if he really hits and kind of the same thing I'm um, the guy who's right behind him. Everson Pereira uh, was Franco was the top guy from last year's J2 class. Pereira was, uh, according to some outlets, the number two or the number three guy. Uh, and he didn't really seem like a guy at the time that had this type of exciting, loud tools that fantasy owners should be excited about. But 
he's also 17 the Yankees are jumping him over um, some of the easier rookie leagues sending him straight to the Appy League I think that's a really good sign so he's another big riser on my list if if these guys produce if they hit hit and uh, do some damage in the Appy League they're going to just shoot up the list even further so now would be the time to add them Uh, I think that this is I think you can probably still pick up Pereira in a lot of leagues Franco's obviously owned but um, you know, 17 year old guys don't typically get assigned to this league and they've got the pedigree to match. Uh, Pereira, has got a chance to be a five category guy. Franco's probably not going to run much, but he could be a big time average and power guy. So, uh, definitely monitor what those two guys do over the next couple of months. Yeah, absolutely. A quick note from our sponsor, fantasy baseball fans with baseball season comes FanDuel offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball, no matter what you're looking for. Vandal, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind. Something for everyone. Tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. We got our final Roadwire Baseball Championship um, tourney, I guess you could call it, last night. How did you end up faring in that final final one, James? Uh, not well. I <laughs> went with uh, Charlie Morton who was yeah. the um, kind of the chalk play, I guess you could say, on last night's slate. And he, eh, he was okay. Um, my hitters, I don't think, really did anything. I wasn't really paying that much attention to how my team was doing once I sort of saw that I wasn't going to cash. Yeah, I remember, I don't know, I had some parts of the, the cores game, but not the right parts. So I didn't, I think I may have finished top like eight or so, but didn't see exactly how it ended up. I had Morton too. He seemed like the clear option. Uh, nobody really else, just given how the games were broken up last night, not a lot of great options in the night slate. But you can still, of course, play on FanDuel, even though the Roadwire Baseball Championship is over. Play f- against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes. Take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. you get a free six-month Roadwire subscription, which will help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW Void where prohibited. Nolan Gorman, also in the Appy League, he was, of course, kind of the, the big one of the big power prospects from this year's draft class. And one other guy, Mark Vientos, he was a guy that I considered in the Rotowire Dynasty Invitational. He was a guy that just kind of was waiting around, didn't, you know, just kind of was, you know, borderline top 100 guy on your list at the time that I was considering at several turns, didn't end up getting him, but... Is he still a guy that you have really high hopes for? Yeah, he's got a lot of upside. He's still 18. He was drafted over a year ago and won't turn 19 until December. So uh, you, you can almost think of him as kind of a J2 type of guy because he was so young for, for last year's draft class. Uh, there's probably going to be some growing pains, I would think, initially in the Appy League for him, but six foot four 185 pounds really projectable frame kind of you know he looks like he's going to turn into one of those just kind of prototypical looking third baseman uh playing shortstop right now but i think he's going to move to third base uh a lot of power potential but it it might be a bit more of a slow burn with him yeah i wish i'd popped him instead of chris cease yeah well that would have been nice still have him on the roster gotta turn that over I ended up dropping Sheldon Noisy instead, man. I didn't notice that Noisy had been dropped off your 400 entirely. 
Yeah, Yikes. that's that's kind of the rule with uh, guys like that. Uh, you <laughs> DH guy who yeah. can't hit. I mean, if you're not hitting, then I don't have any time for you. And he still hasn't hit his first homer of the year. Really? 67 you know, isn't games. he in the PCL, too? Yeah. I mean, that whole Nashville team has been underperforming, and somebody, I think somebody on Twitter maybe suggested that there might be some sort of correlation to just all of them sucking, but it's the PCL. Like, I give me a theory as to what what it could be, like because yeah. I don't. It's not like he's doing anything else. Like, it's not like he's hitting for average or getting no. on base. And uh, you know, you gotta. We talked last week about sometimes you just gotta adjust quickly on the fly, and this is a guy that pretty much all he'd done at every stop. I mean moved so quickly too. 77 games at low a 22 games at high 18 games at double a maybe he was moved too aggressively but he was just raking at every stop he raked in the arizona fall league um just seemed like a guy that was gonna gonna hit his way to a big league role and when you don't have any defensive value you don't have any speed or anything like that going for you and you're not hitting in the pcl as a 23 year old then i think you can cut bait on a guy yeah, I thought I was with you. I thought it was pretty good last year in the fall league, but yeah, you just there's no reason to to be patient with a guy with that who's that far down on the defensive spectrum. I just don't see it at all. By the way, I just noticed the final name here that you listed in the Appy League, uh, Cash Case Reds hey, prospect. Go Reds. I can get behind him. The, with Barely that. included him. I yeah. thought about thought about not including him, but I was just like, well, I already typed it out. You know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, hell, with that name, I mean, you got to include him. Uh, Kevin Maiton, big boy, bl- ballooned up after the issue with the Braves, where, of course, they had to give up his rights as part of their discipline for violating international free agent rules. Uh, was held back, you know, two months, extended spring, um, just to work on the conditioning, get back into shape. But he's been hot to, to start. Um, is this a situation where, you know, he's 18 years old, you can kind of give him a mulligan? Or are you a little concerned about the uh, weight gain? Well, he just, he has such a, <clears throat> such a small margin for error now with the bat. Uh, you know, the body's just, it's kind of the exact opposite of where you want it to be for an 18-year-old, especially given sort of how quick twitch and just loose and athletic he looked in like the videos that were kind of circling when when he signed a couple years ago uh he's just then he just looked kind of like a premium athletic specimen as like a 16 year old now he just kind of looks uh like he's sort of trending in my direction with um physicality uh the wrong kind of physicality um but you know, he's uh, as as soon as I moved him off the top 400, he just went out to Pioneer League and just started raking. So maybe that was just the the kick in the butt that he needed to to get bumped from the Roadwire top 400. Uh, if you own him in a dynasty league, you can thank me personally on Twitter if you want. Uh, obviously, we want to see this over a much larger sample than five games, but good start to to the uh, season for Kevin Maiton. I hope that he's able to turn it around and, and at least make good on some of that upside he flashed as amateur. Yeah, Kevin Maiton revenge season. Yeah, this is um, the revenge tour. It's official. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was keeping a close eye on that rank, and he said, man, James Anderson is going to eat his words People here. are starting to make fun of my body. I'll show them. <laughs> Anybody else in the Pioneer League that's worth mentioning? 
a lot of names just kind of worth keeping an eye on, but um, nobody that's really a household name just yet. And the Arizona League, you said, is pretty stacked this year, headed by uh, Christian Robinson. What kind of tools does he bring to the table? So in this article, just like I did last year, I, I try to say the top tool for each guy. And Robinson's just got so many tools, it was really tough to pick which one to list. I, I went with power just because physically he projects as a guy that's going to be a 30-plus homer guy. I mean, he's uh, a real athlete. He's not just like a, a baseball athlete. Like, he's he's legit. He's a uh, plus-plus runner, six foot three, just really yoked uh i i assume he's going to slow down a little bit when he gets to you know 19 20 21 and i think he's going to develop um some more over the fence pop by then so that's why i went with power but i mean he's he's got like 30 30 upside he's he's just so tooled up um really exciting uh moved him and the next guy on this list inside the top 100 just because i think that's that's kind of the, the going rate for them right now in dynasty leagues, a lot of excitement surrounding Christian Robinson. And, you know, there might be some swing and miss with him just because typically with that type of physicality at, at a young age, you know, you sometimes the, your, your tools arrive before your baseball skills do. So I wouldn't be surprised if he struck out quite a bit this year. And, and but I still expect him to, to put up pretty decent numbers. Nice. Well, before we get back to the Arizona League, quick note, baseball fans, listen up. Take all of your baseball knowledge and start playing the new head-to-head social challenge game, Face-Off. Face-Off is the only head-to-head social challenge game on the market offering real Vegas odds. Face-Off allows you to challenge your friends or strangers on sporting events. Here's how you play. Challenge your friends, climb the leaderboard, play the skill game, and win real prizes Faceoff is truly one of a kind and the go-to place for baseball fans looking to make the games more fun this summer. Use promo code ROTOMLB to get a special offer of 15 Faceoff chips, social challenges, Vegas odds, real prizes. Visit GoFaceoff.com today. James, Trent DeVoe in the Angels system, and we talked about how the Angels are squeezing a lot out of their prospects right now. Uh, really doing a good job with player development. Obviously, DeVoe hasn't really played much, so you, uh, just one game, actually, to date. Uh, two for five, so, you know, we don't really know what uh, the development staff has done with him, but are the raw tools enough to land him pretty high on your list? Yeah, he he's another guy that crept inside the top 100 just because it's there's just so much excitement surrounding him right now. Uh kind of you know i went with he's he's kind of like robinson in that i could have really picked any tool i mean he's got a chance to be a five category contributor uh but he's a he's a real burner right now uh, at least a 70 grade runner so I, I went with run on him uh but he's he's got a you know really kind of electric actions could could develop 20 plus homer power and you know 30 plus steel speed so just another really really exciting toolsy outfielder uh you know, I somebody one of these top four guys in the AZL, I would bet has such an impressive summer that they get into or at least close to the top twenty by the end of the season. I mean, this is where your kind of next crop of top tier prospects is going to come from. Nice. Well, Alexander Canario of the Giants system 
one of the better hitters in the Dominican Summer League last year. What are you expecting for an encore? I expect him to to keep hitting. Uh, he doesn't have quite Robinson or DeVoe's uh, speed upside. I mean, he, he stole 18 bases on 28 attempts last year in the DSL, but I think a lot of people expect him to eventually slow down a little bit uh kind of more of a more of a corner outfield type of guy the, those other two uh you hope that they can stick in center but canary is more of a corner guy but uh you really just hope that he hits and just keeps hitting uh we've seen with guys like juan soto vlad jr you don't need to be a burner to, to be a, an elite prospect uh canario's got a long way to go in that regard obviously just making his stateside debut this year and you know righty righty guys that are destined for a corner obviously have to hit at every stop but uh he's got a chance to be another special one if, if he kind of picks up where he left off last year that's george valera up next here on the arizona league list hit tool is the the top tool you you say here but anything else that he does that's maybe borderline plus well i think everyone just kind of is assuming that because of how pretty his swing is and how much contact everyone expects him to make that there will be probably, you know, at least 55, maybe plus power there at some point too. Uh, he's not much of a runner or at least doesn't project to be when he gets to the big leagues, but could be, uh, at least a plus hit tool and could be plus power to go with it. So another guy that could really shoot up the list if he, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he hit like three thirty and struck out less than 20% of the time in the AZL. And if he does that, then he's going to be at least like a top 40 or 30 prospect by the end of the year. Nice. Xavier Edwards, we talked about last week, I believe it was, maybe two weeks ago. We did our draft recap. You are really high on him from a fantasy perspective, just given the speed. Anybody else, though, that you want to mention here from the Arizona League? Uh, you know, I, I listed Quentin Holmes, who the Indians drafted last year, as the uh, the ne- the sixth best guy in here from a from a ceiling perspective. But he's incredibly risky. Uh, there are, you know, the the rest of this list. There are some sort of more floor than ceiling types. Uh, I kind of feel that way about Jeremiah Jackson, who the Angels drafted this year. Uh, Luis Verdugo is a middle infield prospect. The Cubs signed in the the J two period last year. I I think he's got a chance to break out. Uh, doesn't have quite the ceiling as the those top four outfielders we talked about, but he's a guy that could be a, a plus hitter. Um, some guys that have just a ton of speed lower down the list. Some guys with big power, questionable hit tools. Um, just a a little bit of everything in the AZL. That's typically one of the more talent rich leagues. Uh, I think largely just because it's by a lot of teams spring training complexes so they can have sort of more staff on hand to sort of help these guys uh, with their development. But yeah, I mean, there, there's just a, a ton, a ton of talent to see if you live in Arizona right now. Alec Baum was another guy that we talked about, of course, from this draft class, 21 years old. So are you expecting him to get a look with another higher, you know, more advanced affiliate pretty soon here yeah uh this was a pretty surprising assignment uh for me at least i'm i'm sure there are people that weren't surprised by it but uh third overall pick in the draft out of college bat first guy you'd think he'd be able to just head straight to low a uh so i 
I really don't expect him to be in the GCL for more than a week or two. And like, you can just kind of like we were talking about with, uh, um, a little earlier, like just given his age, if he does anything other than rake in the GCL, then you can be a little concerned if he hits like 500 with five homers and 10 games there. Like you shouldn't really even bat an eye because Mm -hmm. he, he should be doing that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Freudus Nova was a guy that was you were pretty high on coming in. Of course, just now getting underway with with the live action. But hits does he maybe provide some speed? Because you know, ideally, I like a little speed from my middle infielders. Is Nova going to be a guy who does who chips in there? Yeah, I think he could be a you know maybe a borderline twenty twenty guy if he if he maxes out. Uh, not going to be like game changing speed, but he could, he could chip in like 15 to 25 bases, especially early on. Uh, he really, you know, I think he, I think he's going to hit, um, this was, you know, I actually, I sort of expected us to maybe see him assigned a a bit more aggressively than this. Um, I think if he, if he hits over like three or four weeks in the GCL, I think they will challenge him with, a more advanced level, but um, yeah, this is potential five category pro- contributor at shortstop. Nice. Some other guys from the the recent draft, but anybody else in this league that you want to touch on? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, this is another one just like the AZL, ton of talent here. Uh, lots of guys from last couple J2 classes, last draft class. Uh, you can check out the list, but I mean, it's a, it's another very talent rich league i don't really recognize any of these names from the dominican summer league um anybody you want to you want to tell us about? yeah uh so i think people that follow the july 2 stuff know who like danny diaz and julio rodriguez are but the two guys that are just really really hitting right now in the dominican summer league are miguel geraldo uh who i mentioned in a article uh, last week as a as a big riser up the top 400 he's just on a on a tear right now in the dsl he's not striking out he's making uh, he's walking he's hitting for power he's hitting for average uh he's if he's not already scooped up in your dynasty league he should be i moved him inside the top 200 today uh as a 17 year old who's forever away he's just been so impressive early on and then carlos rodriguez uh outfield prospect in the brewer system it sort of seemed like a you know they they had two big J two signings last year Larry Ernesto who's kind of a big cleanup hitting type of outfielder and then Carlos Rodriguez who's like five ten uh, skinnier but has really good approach really good bat to ball and he's really putting that on display so far I think he's hitting over four hundred in the early going uh, probably not going to be much of a power guy uh, but could be a, at least a plus hit tool I think he's a plus runner at least right now so. That's another guy for for deeper leagues. If you missed out on a guy like Miguel Geraldo, you missed out on some of those AZL outfielders. Uh, Carlos Rodriguez is a guy to to keep in mind as a potential add. Very nice. Well, we appreciate it. Great stuff as always. Check out the article for yourself, and of course the updated, recently updated top four hundred prospect rankings at Rotowire dot com. James, we are on to I believe number nine on our countdown of the top hip hop collaborations, and I have a. A bit of a controversial oh entry Uh-oh. in this. No, it's not at all. But <laughs> it's a song that's somewhat newer, 2012 jam, and it's really kind of become one of my summer anthems. You know, I 
been listening to this in the car quite a bit lately on uh, a mix, and I've really settled on this being one of my favorite summertime jams out there. Zero and Slim Thug, song aptly titled Summertime. A really, really good jam. Um, I didn't hear this until just a couple of years ago. It did come out in 2012. You know, Slim Thug, not not the best verse, but I, I think this is one of, you know, between him and Zero, a, a standout effort for the two of them, uh, combining Zero with, you know, some some singing that he does, but mostly rapping. Uh, really good song. Have you heard that one? I have not, but I I'm all about summertime anthems, man. That's yeah. that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's it's it's a great genre of yeah, hip hop. Exactly, it just makes you feel good. You know, you're driving in the sun, just feeling it, really good. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of like uh, I think it was probably like six or seven years ago now. But when uh, a Texas Rangers beat writer voted like Michael Young as like second or third for MVP <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, um, this is similar. Yeah. <laughs> this is I say it's controversial because, you know, having a zero track, zero and slim thug track, top 10 collabs of all time. <laughs> Expect to catch some pushback. Like that, that's a local beat writer vote if I've ever seen one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a southern guy, not really Ohio, but uh, so this is definitely like a regional, <laughs> regional bias bleeding in. But uh, what do you got, James? Uh, yeah, I got a, I got kind of a boring one. You, uh, it was, you already mentioned it in, in your top 20. It's regulate orangey, uh, Nate dog had to be in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one that I've just played to death. Uh, you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good option if you're doing karaoke and you're, you're drunk and you get put on the spot. I mean, everyone knows the words to, to regulate. Uh, you know, I, I actually, um, considered a different Warren G and Nate song. Nobody does it better off of Nate, Nate Doug's uh, double disc uh, studio album debut. But I felt like that would just be kind of a little too like hipstery. Like nobody likes, nobody does it better more than regulate. It's just that I haven't played. Nobody does it better. Like thousands of times mm-hmm. uh, for myself over the years. So I'm not quite as, tired of it uh but yeah i mean i I don't listen to regulate like on purpose anymore it's kind of like uh nothing but a g thing just a party song it's it's, yeah it's still like you know when i heard it for like the first 800 900 times it was it was pretty elite so i I can't can't deny uh, how good it was even if it is a little bit overplayed by me personally yeah i'd say maybe the defining video of like the 90s yeah that music video is just so iconic R.I.P. Nate Dog, of course. And, oh, you know, I, I typically hate when somebody, you know, people are like, let me show you this thing on YouTube. Let me just show you this. <laughs> but I do appreciate somebody recently showed me the Sesame Street version of uh, Regulate. It's pretty damn funny. They, <laughs> somehow somebody, I don't know, with way too much time on their hands, went through and found, like, clips of Sesame Street where the, you know, the hand movements of the puppets synced up perfectly with Regulate. It is pretty damn funny. Well, but. I can promise you things are going to start getting they're going to start getting a little interesting. The top 8 still to go here. Uh Yeah, no mine next week is a song that you already did, so that'll be kind of boring. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I after I got nothing but a G thing and and regulate out the way, 
you know, I think there might be a few tracks that people are going to be able to predict that are coming, but I think uh, some of the other ones might uh, surprise some people. Nice. Well, that'll do it for us on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Appreciate it, James. We'll talk to you guys next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.